out of prayer. You know, Elijah prayed once. Fire came from heaven. He was a man of prayer. There was oil continually and meal. Then it came time to pray for rain, and he prayed, and nothing happened. And James, when James records Elijah, and the New Testament remembers him, you would think they would remember the, the cave, and they'd remember the fire, and you'd think that they would, because that's what we like to talk about. Right? The fire, the cave, the, the unending supply, the, the miracles. But when James records Elijah and talks about him, it records, it says this, he prayed for rain, nothing happened. So he prayed again. That's how the New Testament remembered this great man, not for the miracles, but when he cried out the first time and nothing happened, he prayed again. 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 Somebody ought to make up their mind at camp meeting. I've been calling out. Come on. I've called out, but God is calling this church and this generation to pray once more. Come on, to pray again, to lift your voice again for that child, for that revival. Come on. And what? Come on. I see a cloud. I see a cloud. Hey. And, and come on, Elijah said, oh, come on. It's, it, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. You're not going to hear rain until you pray again. You're not going to hear the backslider cry out until you pray again. You ought to lift your hands. You ought to raise your voice and say, God, I'm about to bring that need again. Come on. It's here right now. Out of this out of prayer meetings are going to come the revival that God has for this generation. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sunday night we started church. We have prayer every Sunday night. In the sanctuary, we were praying and praying and just kept praying. We didn't sing a song. We didn't preach. But two and a half hours later, two people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The lady had been healed. She couldn't. I'm talking for 25 years. She couldn't lift her neck up, her head up besides. And in a, no one preached. No one sang. We just prayed. Peter and John were on their way to pray. It's a missing ingredient. I've said it so many times. Prayer is the missing ingredient. We can praise, we can preach, but we lack call a prayer meeting. Nobody show up. Advertise. Come on, somebody. What if you just sent a flyer out and said prayer meeting without people's pictures on them? Nobody show up. But when we do, I hear I hear the sound of an abundance of rain because some people made up their minds they were going to pray again. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost, but even if I didn't feel it, I know he's here. Truth is, sometimes I don't feel. We've we've got such a feeling, feel good generation everybody know well i feel i didn't feel it so what you know what sometimes you just got to faith it 
And if you'll start faithing it, you'll start feeling it. Give honor to this great, great church, great pastor, pastor's family. Brother Robinson, a great man of God, great, great man of God. And uh, honor him, his family, everyone that's here at this meeting tonight, every minister that's already been recognized. I honor you and the anointing of God that rests upon you. And as Brother Holmes so powerfully said, the challenge that it is in this generation to stand for holiness and righteousness, I commend you, thank you. And uh, you give strength to me seeing you stand for righteousness. Give honor to those that have come before Brother Urshan, great, great, great man of God. Brother Jackson, great friend of mine, mighty preacher of the, the, the gospel. All the men on the platform, these are heroes of mine. Give honor to Brother Holmes, my friend, Brother Nathan Holmes, each of you, and the saints of the Most High God. Amen. Camp meeting be fun with all the preachers, but it sure is nice the saints are here. Amen. You made it to camp meeting. Come on, you made it to camp meeting. Give yourself a Give yourself a big hand. Hallelujah. Well, I'm glad we're here. The Bible says, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. That means you got to go to church. But we don't have a problem with that. We get everybody to church and we forget the rest of the verse. Exhorting one another and so much more we get everybody to church but we forget that we're supposed to exhort one another do you know what exhorting means strongly encourage I'm just going to be real honest I haven't been strongly encouraged by this I mean, they're up here singing prayer, their guts out, and there's people that aren't even standing. That does not strongly encourage me. It doesn't strongly encourage anybody when you're sitting there like a bump on a log. You know what encourages me? When you start clapping your hands. You know what encourages the sinner? When you start saying, Amen. When you get up and say, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, we had about 14 people that ran the aisles, and there's like 700 here. Come on, you ought to look at your neighbor and say, watch me exhort you. All of a sudden, I'm looking at you dancing, thinking maybe I can make it through the storm. I'm watching you shout, thinking, you know what? Maybe, maybe it can work. Maybe I can make it through the trial. Maybe I can make it through the storm. Maybe I can make it through the darkness of my life. You ought to give God praise. You ought to exhort. Come on, you ought to encourage somebody. He said, and you, come on. Have you noticed, hey, the difference in our church, obviously it's the truth. We have the truth. When we come to church, we don't sit there like bumps on a log. Come on, there's coliseums filled with people. They assemble themselves together. The difference is they don't leave encouraged. But we leave out of this house encouraged. And it ain't got nothing to do with the preacher. Well, the preacher didn't preach me happy. Baby, then you must be sitting next to a sour head. Get 
right next to us. That's why, let me tell you something. Where you sit in church will affect your environment. It'll affect your breakthrough. So I'm just going to warn you. If the person next to you isn't a clapper, a shouter, an amen sayer, here's your warning. Get up. Hurry up. Get up. Get up. Get up. I'd rather stand on the front than sit next to some sour deadhead. I need somebody to exhort Somebody that, yeah, that'll lift up my hand and say, Brother Tuttle, you can make it through the storm. You can make it through the, yeah, yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, somebody give God praise. That's why we give him praise. We're giving God praise and we're encouraging each other. Well, if he gets me a great new thought, I'll I'll reward him with an applause. Wow, that was great. Hey, that's not why we're here. We're here to give God praise. Not to get revelatory truths about facts we believed in our whole lives to get us excited. What gets me excited is I once was lost in sin. Oh, come on, somebody. Once like a bird in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But Jesus came, somebody. Yeah, listen to me, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Well, I got to preach, but we've got all night. I was telling Brother Jackson a little story there on the platform. He said, uh, church in Tennessee, there's a man there that was a crazy dancer. I mean, he was an owl running. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. I've got him rolling at my church. We roll. We're called holy rollers. I said, we're not just holy rollers in name. Let's be it indeed. It worked for grandma, baby. It's going to work in 2016. He was a, anyway, this dude was a holy roller. Shouter, dancer, praiser. I mean, he was awesome. He was just a great man. And, and I never got to know him, but I'm hearing the story. And, uh, but he got uh, a sickness, a disease, and he began to lose his strength. He got to the place where he could only move one of his hands. So they gave him a little bell. He said, I've got to have something when I come to the house of the Lord. Gave him a little bell, Brother Urshan. He'd sit in his wheelchair and the Holy Ghost start moving. He'd start ringing that little bell. Ringing that little bell. Man. He lost his ability to move his hand, so they gave him a little flashlight. Put the flashlight, only thing he could move was his, his tongue. Put that flashlight in his mouth, and he danced that light off the ceiling. You'd see it. Tom Trimble told me the story. He said, I went down, and I said, Brother, you inspire me. And he said, Brother, I'm just warming up. Tom Trimble went home and wrote these words I'm just warming up. That song that we sang tonight was written off of a man that said, I refuse to not praise God. If all I've got is my tongue, give me a flashlight. If all I've got is my hand, give me a bell. But hey, if you've got both hands, there's somebody up in heaven that praised him with a bell. You ought to say, oh, I'm just warming up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, okay, let's go. God's so good to us, isn't he? Man, I know y'all have had, uh, they usually put me at the beginning or the ending because I'm either the appetite or the little dessert. The main meal's always in between, you know? So uh, tonight I'm the dessert.
Um, hoping it'll be like a cheesecake. I like those. Some strawberry. You know who has a good cheesecake is uh, Red Lobster. They import them from Massachusetts. Nobody knows that. I get a whole one for $30. Whew. Man, I just exhorted myself right there. I just encouraged myself. Judges chapter 16, verse 6. Very, very famous passage of scripture. I'm not going to say anything new. Just going to say a lot of everything you already know for a really long time. But it's going to be good because it's the word of the Lord. Right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, Judges chapter 16, 6. If you're there, say amen. If you're still looking, say hold on. Come on, slow poke. We got it for you on the screen for the slow ones. And Delilah said to Samson, tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. I want to talk to you for a few minutes on the thought, where my strength comes from. Where my strength comes from. Lord, I love you. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Thanks for a safe trip here, Lord. Accidents or getting tickets. Thank you for your kindness, your love. I pray now, Lord, that I would preach to the very best of my ability that, Lord, this little thought that you've given to me would encourage someone, challenge someone, convict, change. But more importantly, Lord, let it speak to me. I can't leave the way I came to camp meeting. I don't want to go home the same person, the same way, thinking the same. But I want there to be a renewing of my mind. Lord, I want you to clean my spirit. I want you to restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I thank you, Father, for who you are. Do your work through your word in the wonderful name of Jesus. Uh, And everybody said in Jesus name. Come on, say it like you know who he is. Why don't we give that name praise all across this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. High five two people tell them devil's having a bad, bad week. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord if you promise to stand back up. Read the story of, uh, in the Bible, heroes of faith, great exploits that they do. And I think to myself, uh, really there is no way that I could be like those great people of faith. And yet when I read the story of Samson uh, and his failure and mess up, I can identify somewhat uh, because... Uh, he is in somewhat in manners like me. He is, he fails. He gets, he's tempted and he actually pursues it. Uh, it is true that all of us struggle at times with desire for revenge. We've been there. We understand when Samson is struggling and falling. We've, we, 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 we know kind of, I kind of know what he's going through. I know we, hey, visitor friend, if this is your first time in a Pentecostal church, I know we look really good, but trust me, we know what it's like to go through some stuff. Amen. We know what it's like to go through adversity to be tempted and we have all been sinned but thank God for the grace of God that can reach to where we are and pick us up out of the sin the miry clay it is true that one of the things we learn from Samson's life is that sin will always take us much further than we want to go and keep us longer than we plan on staying somebody say amen 
And the setting of Samson's birth is, is we find in Judges chapter 13 and 1. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. The children of Israel here are in captivity and have been so for 40 years. It's kind of odd because in this setting we don't see or find the children of Israel crying out for a deliverer as they had cried out before. Uh, there was uh, uh, intermarrying that had taken place and so complacency had grasped the hearts of the people of God. And so God needing uh, uh, needing to stir up his people, needing uh, to get his people uh, to, to deliver his people uh, has a solution. The solution for complacency is he needs a strong man. So he shows up to a barren Israelite woman and he starts talking to her about this child that she will bear. He says, you're going to bring the deliverer. You are going to bring a deliverer to a nation that's lulled to sleep and bound up by the enemy. But he said unto me, this is Manoah quoting him, behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son and now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing. He said, you are going to give birth to a revival, but in order to birth the deliverer, You've got to be different. In order to have the deliverer amongst us, we must be different. I don't know about you, but at the conclusion of my life, if the Lord tarries and I'm buried, I don't want my tombstone to say he was like everybody else. I want it to say he made a difference in his generation. I don't know about you, but I believe I'm with some people that want to make a difference. Do I have somebody that says I want to make a difference in my church, in my school, in my community? I want to make a difference. Come on. Well, how are you going to make a difference if you're afraid to be different? You don't even have the guts to stand up on a Friday night camp meeting and run the aisles and you really want to. You do. You do really want to dance. You really do want to shout. But come on, if you're afraid to dress different, if you're afraid to walk different, talk different, you ain't ever going to make a difference. They don't build monuments to men that do nothing, but they stand and remember men that make differences by being different. Hallelujah. And so he said, I will have a deliverer. Amen. Uh, But if you're going to birth this deliverer, if you're going to give birth to this, you cannot touch the unclean thing. He's going, what you birth is going to be separate. Uh, But before you can birth that which will bring revival, you must be set apart. Come out and be separate. Scripture says, we know it well. And touch not the unclean thing and I'll receive you. Uh, Come out, God said. uh, He said to the mama, mama, you've got to be clean before the baby can be clean. Uh, Mama, you've got to be pure before the baby can be pure. Uh, She was barren uh, until she committed uh, to a life of uh, of cleanliness. Uh, I've come to tell somebody today, uh, we can have big numbers, uh, but you will not birth the strong man. Uh, You will not birth the boy that's going to tear down uh, Those are the gates of the city. You're not going to birth that revival that's going to tear up the lion until we make a renewed commitment to keep ourselves clean. I know we've come out from amongst them, but don't forget the Bible says, and touch not the unclean thing. It still applies to the church of 2016. We're to be a clean people.
on, I know. Come on, this is just this is just my last Sunday morning message. But on the way up, I said, Lord, what do you want? He said, Tell them, tell them that they can't just look different. They've got to be clean. You can have your suit tie on, got your cute little bun, but you're addicted to pornography. Your mind's warped. You're a gossiper and a complainer. Hey, you're just as unclean as. But I'm going to keep myself clean Because out of the mother of the church There's coming a revival That's going to rip apart hell That's going to tear down the gates That's going to defeat the adversary There's a revival coming To a church that commits to cleanliness Oh we live in a world We live in a world That's so filthy Filthy Some survey was done. I read close to 50% of men, this was in some kind of church, admitted to being addicted to pornography. That's crazy. It's a filthy world. There's only two times in the Bible that it says, This is the will of God. Specifically, it says, This is the will of God. The first one is, This is the will of God that you give thanks. He said, I want you to be thankful. In essence, I want you to be happy. Isn't it nice to know that God wants you to be happy? So I got the joy. It's so deep. God can't find it. Down in my heart. God's like, where on earth is that joy? Y'all don't, y'all ain't even smiled. I mean, I talked about cheesecake. Couldn't make you smile. That got me worried. Hey, God wants you to smile. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be thankful. He wants you to be thankful. Thank God I got some, I got a car, I got a house. Thank God for his benefit. Thank, this is the will of God. Giving thanks is part. The second thing is, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you keep and abstain from fornication. I think they're linked. You ain't going to be happy. That's why the enemy is continually fighting and t- and with sexual immorality. We, we have, I'm telling you, we are in a sexually perverse generation. Some of y'all looking at me funny because I said the word sexual. Hey, the devil can abuse it and misuse it, but we can't talk about it. I'm here to talk. Hey, I'm here to talk about it because this really is the world we live in. A world where, come on, where our boys are seeing things they should never see. Uh, where impurity and sexual immorality is considered the norm sex outside of marriage is considered the norm living together considered the norm but if but if you want to be in the will of God you've got to abstain you've got to keep yourself pure and unclean and let me tell you it's the best life the best life is the clean life the the devil is a liar. He's told our generation uh, that they got to sleep around. And No, he's a liar. He's a liar. Hey, if that's the truth, why on earth is Amy Winehouse dead at 26 years of age? Whitney Houston, some pop star, overdosed in a bathtub. Michael Jackson, dead. Young ages. Prince, dead. Elvis Presley, overdosed. 
If that's the life, why are they all dying? Why are they all unhappy? Hey, friend, let me tell you the best life is when you look up on this platform and see men that have kept themselves pure. Keep yourself, young men, young lady. Hey, no, excuse me. Take that off the tape. I didn't say young men. I said all men. Keep yourself clean. Keep yourself pure. And if you'll keep yourself pure, there's a generation coming that's going to tear down hell's gates. It's not that I know Hollywood's made it the normal. Oh, they're on their fifth marriage. Like it's normal. It's not normal. And it will sexual impurity and immorality will hinder the revival that God has for this generation. I know some of y'all live, some of, living in it, everything seems to be okay. But you are not going to see revival. You're lost. You're going to hell first and foremost. But second of all, that which you birth is dirty. It affects your children. It affects the generation. I'm off my notes, but I feel the Holy Ghost coming. I feel, I feel something here. Because uh, I'm coming against a stronghold right now in the spiritual realm uh, of sexual impurity that's got into this generation. Uh, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, uh, I speak faith into this building. Uh, there's going to be a generation of young ladies and young men uh, who keep and abstain themselves uh, and hold them make themselves clean. Uh, out of your generation is going to come the greatest revival that we've ever seen. Out of you will come a heart. There's a strong, you know what my strength comes from? I kept myself pure. My strength comes from I kept you're just an old man. I'm up my notes. Whatever. You're just an old man. You know my testimony. I was raised in Amsterdam. My friends all went to the prostitutes when they were 16 years old. That's when you could go. All of them. We didn't have a big youth group. We didn't have no camp meeting like this. Y'all have heard me tell the story. Little tiny church. Nobody, just me and my sister. Are you up there bragging? Yep, I'm bragging. I'm bragging on Jesus. I never went to the whorehouse. It was a virgin. Until the night I got married. And if I can do it in Amsterdam, you can do it right here. Past Brother Tuttle, I want to have a ministry like yours. Then you know what? Get your hands off the girls. Get your hands off the internet pornography. Get your hands off the... Out of an unclean vessel, you've got you've been lied to. Baby, miracles are gonna come when our churches get cleaned up, cleaning up our minds, cleaning up our hearts, cleaning up our our families, cleaning up the internet browser, cleaning up the iTunes, cleaning up. Come on, somebody, clean it up, clean it up, clean it up. Let's have revival, a revival of cleanliness. 
Oh, preacher. I don't know if the young people want it. Hey, looks to me like the young people are the only ones running the aisles. I don't see anybody over 20 running the aisles. That didn't, that didn't encourage me strongly. I wonder if I got somebody about 50 years old running the aisles for I got somebody about 45. Come on, you ought to let these young men see. It works, it works, it works, it works, it works. I wish I had a daddy been married 30 years. Say, son, it's the best life. I don't have a girlfriend on the side. I don't have, no, 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 I've kept myself clean. I've kept my mind clean, son. And the best life has been been married to your mama. And it works, been married to your grandma 52 years. It's the best life, son. Keep your mind, keep your heart, and keep it clean. feel the holy you know what I'm excited about is a generation that desires it the devil trying to tell us that our young people don't want it they do want it the reason that church isn't living it's because it's not being preached no more that's why you ought never to go to a church that don't preach like I'm preaching right now you don't ever if they don't preach separation and cleanliness hey you ought to find yourself a new home That's not in my notes sometimes. That's why I don't hardly ever listen to the tape because I'm like, I can't believe I said that. But let me tell you something. When you get anointed, what you truly believe will come out. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father, his mother, he said, I found this woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me for a wife. Uh, Judges chapter 14, 3. I'll, I, I'm not going to preach real, real long. I'll be done by tomorrow. Somebody said, "Why well, you got a, I got this stopwatch up here. My wife said, you need a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> then his father and mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all of my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistine? And Samson said unto his father, He said, Go get her for me, for she pleases me well. 14, but his father and mother knew not that it was the will of the Lord. So Samson says, I'm, I'm, I'm going down to, Tim. he goes down to Timnath. He's infatuated with this girl. He doesn't really even know her. He's just infatuated. It's just an infatuation. Let me tell you, you get infatuated with the things. It's just an infatuation. That thing's going to break your heart. And dad and mom say, I don't think it's a good idea. He says, I think it is. And the Bible says that they knew not that it was the will of God. It's somewhat of a confusing passage of Scripture for me. He's infatuated with this girl and sees this girl in the enemy's camp. He goes against everything that makes sense really to me. Uh, He's going against even the counsel of his parents, but yet God says it's the will of God. The Bible says they didn't realize that this was God's will. It was God's will that Samson fall in love with this girl, be infatuated with this girl. Now, I'm assuming you know the rest of the story. He, he will never marry Tim, this girl at Timnath. He, ne- he never marries her. Matter of fact, his best man ends up stealing his bride. That'll break your heart. 
Look, you watch out who your best man is. <laughs> Marriage break or this relationship completely breaks up. God knew it was going to break up. And yet it was the will of God. He knew it wouldn't come to pass. Yet, preacher, are you telling me that God wanted Samson in a relationship that he knew would not work out? I thought if I was doing something that didn't work out, it wasn't the will of God. That's how we preach it, you know. Well, you must not be in the will of God because it all messed up. It all went wrong. And we tend to think that everything that fails, I must have missed God's will. But the truth is, there's some things that don't work out for you that work out for him. I said, there's some things that haven't worked out real well for me. But they have really worked out well for him. I remember when, yeah, come on. Joseph, you must have missed the will of God down there in that pit. No, I didn't miss the will of God. That was part of the will of God for my life. You must have missed the will of God. It's broken. It failed. It didn't mess up. I, I, you must be doing something wrong. Hey, not everything that you plan works. That doesn't mean it wasn't part of God's plan for your life. I have a little girl that was born with Down syndrome. Her name is Eden. She was born. And I thought, and you know what? Oh, I was mad. What have I done? Y'all just told you my testimony. Now, I'm not perfect. I've done some stupid things, but I, I did my best to not do anything. You know what I mean? Did my best. Now I've got, and, and I mean these, and I'm working with, and I'm watching crackheads and cocaine junkies outside of marriage, and they're getting perfect baby. And then me, I feel, that's kind of how we feel, right? And we do have the favor of God on us. And I do expect the favor and the blessings of God on me. So now I'm holding a baby that's got Down syndrome and a hole and two holes in her heart. And I'm saying, God, what on earth? This isn't how it's supposed to be. What did I do wrong? Some of you came to camp meeting and it's not worked out the way you thought it should. And they died. And you're saying, you know what? That shouldn't have happened that way. I don't know what. God, what did I do? It's not that you did anything wrong. It was part of his plan for your life. Now. Several months ago, God had a man coming to church. Hadn't had the Holy Ghost in 60 years. He's as hard. He's as hard as a rock. I can't even get him to come to the front. My little girl walked back there to him. Stick her hands up. Or just, he'll grab her. She'll grab him by the hand, kind of. And he'll get up. He'll come. And two Sundays ago, I prayed him through the Holy Ghost. But there's a soul in heaven Because it worked out the way I'll tell you where my strength comes from It comes from my weaknesses When I don't understand it And I can't answer all the questions Why and how I don't 
don't know why they died. I don't know why you went through that. I don't know why that relationship went wrong. I don't know what it, but I know one thing. I know one thing. All things work together. Everything's going you ought to give God praise if you got some broken things in your path. You ought to give him praise for the thing that didn't work. You ought to shout for the thing that didn't go right. You weren't outside the will of God. God just had a different plan. It ain't going to work out the way I planned, but baby, it worked out the way he did. Maybe the mess up was part of the plan the whole time. Maybe that was the way it was supposed to be. Oh God, I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you, I wish, oh, come on, if I, if I had just prophesied financial blessing, you'd be losing your ever living minds. But I just told you that you can look through the rear view mirror of your life, back to broken pieces of all the mess, and know that God was working it together for your good. I'm just, I'm just going to share something with you. Just make it personal. Most of y'all know me, but I remember pre- I was preaching in uh, Port Arthur one Sunday. Went back to pray with this boy. He sat there. He's about 25 years old. Sat there cold and hard. Went back and laid my hands on him. He said, don't you put your hand on me. He said, your life's perfect and you've got everything going on. Everything's all right with you, he said. But, but my little boy just died. I said, bub. Five weeks ago, I buried mine, little girl. When I said it, I didn't, hey, up until that point, it hadn't made sense, life. All of a sudden, I realized that boy began to weep. He began to cry. He grabbed hold of me. And this, this has been several years ago, and this has happened many, many times. They grabbed hold of me, and they began to weep and cry. I said, what? And i tell you what got me through, Benjamin. i say, I'll tell you what got me through was this thing we call the Holy Ghost. He said, I need that Holy Ghost. I said, all right. Open up your mouth. Next thing you know, within two minutes, he was speaking with tongues. He's still in the church today because I had to go through some stuff that I thought wasn't the will of God. But it was the will of God for my life. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. If he's not infatuated with this this lady and Tim Neth, then he's never going to kill the lion. He, 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 God knows. And so he goes down in verse 5, and his father and I, mother. Hey, let me tell you something. Anytime you're ready to get healed, you can be healed. So we've got this philosophy in the church. I'm off my notes, but... Who cares? That we have to call for the sick. If you're sick in your body, would you please come? We want to anoint you with oil. You know, that's so out of the Bible. That ain't nowhere in the Bible that I'm supposed to call you. You are supposed to call me. According to your faith, according to her faith, according to his faith. And so it's the scripture says, let the sick call for the elders. And so your miracle and your blessing is completely dependent upon you. Whenever you want to be delivered, here's the altar. You, you're waiting on me to call you. And that way, if you don't get it, you can blame it on me. No, you can leave this house healed. You can leave this house delivered. If you'll just get up here and say, hey, preacher, lay your hands on me. I need to be healed. Then your faith is going to make you whole. It ain't got nothing to do with me. It's got something to do with you. You run up to this altar and say, I need a miracle. You run up to... Come on. That's it, Brother Ham. Come on, right there. That's it, right there, right now. Right now. Come on, I've got 20 more pages, but right now the Holy Ghost is moving. If you need healing, it's up to you. If you came to camp meeting saying, I need deliverance and you're waiting on me to call you, you're going to be waiting a long time because I'm waiting on you to call me. Say, get down here, preacher. Call for the elders of the church. Have them anoint you with oil. And guess what? That prayer of faith, it's going to raise you up. The Lord is going to raise you up. There's healing right here. There's healing right here. There's deliverance in this house right now. There's miracles here right now. And God isn't waiting on me. He's waiting on you. Your miracle isn't waiting on some sermonette. Your miracle is not waiting on a revelatory truth. Your miracle is waiting on you to believe that God is able. Oh, that you would raise your hands. Oh, that you would allow your faith to be elevated. And say, I'm going to respond by faith. Believing that God is going to touch me. Hallelujah.
There's miracles here right now. And there's some people in this house that said, I'm not going to wait till the end of a message. I, I need it right now. There's somebody here, like blind Bartimaeus on the side of the road, saying, Jesus, come on, I'll interrupt the procession. Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. There's a, there's a mama pushing her way through a crowd. Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter's grievously vexed with the devil. There's a lady with an issue of blood that doesn't care who, what, when, or where that says my faith is going to be activated. My faith in God. Come on, you ought to get the hands of one of these preachers. You ought to get a hand of one of these ministers. Put it up on your head and say, pray for me. Anoint me. Let the work. Yes, hallelujah. Oh, 